It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. live via Woo-hoo. zoom how's everybody doing good thank you and so we uh between episodes we talked about this last episode uh we did in this recording uh zoomer uh, carol mentioned that her and some friends had been started thinking about starting their own program uh because she found herself not in the program she used to be in anymore and not being able to find the program that fit um, and so I thought maybe we could do an episode where where we talked about that process and, uh, and maybe helped her work through some thoughts or hopefully not scaring her away. So, Carol, give us a little bit of overview about what you're what you're thinking. Um, like I said, um, I, I was previously at a center who kind of like fronted as play based, but in actuality was not. Um, so Shut uh, up. that never happens. Yeah, really. <laughs> what? And then when I would say something about it, they're like, oh, no, we agree. But then can continue to do the same awful things. I digress. But so um, some of my colleagues and I, you know, some of the other uh, people who are in the field, we've been talking about how and some of them had worked in other spots, too, that were like even kind of worse. Like there was more worksheets. There was like one worked in the center where they were trying to do time with the four-year-olds and like weirdness. So we just kind of started like, well, what, maybe we should just do our own thing, you know, because we couldn't really like in looking in the area, I couldn't find anywhere who was honestly doing what kids deserve. And I also, even like some of the places who look like they might be, I've become very gun shy of like, oh, no, no, I've fallen for this before. So, (laughs) but I mean, my friends are amazing and they're amazing at what they do. So who better, you know, to start something with, but we're trying now to figure out like, okay, how exactly do we want to go about this? (laughs) Well, how exactly do you want to go about it? Are are you, first, are you thinking center? Are you thinking home-based? That was my question as well. Probably um, center Mm -hmm. being that, um, and I know a lot of people get this excuse, but my house is very small. Um, I actually just started homeschooling my kids this year too. So that's kind of a, there's a lot going on in my tiny little house. Sure. Um, you know, and like another one, like an apartment and it just in home wouldn't really work for us. So we were hoping to do like a, a center, you know, like it was like forest school was thrown out, you know, but then we wouldn't really need a center. Like we just need a You spot. just need a forest. Yeah. A lot so, of land. Um, but we've decided that our goal is basically, um, to open our own center um age ranges would be like 
the pre-K set, like probably starting at three, we're getting actually a lot of requests, like people find out like that we might be trying to do this. They'd like us to go up like higher, like even into the lower elementary, but mm -hmm. that that's kind of a lot to bite off. So we'd like to start with at least the pre-K set, like three to like five, six. I want to interrupt right here just because I want the, the, my comment to be in context to what you just said. The minute that you've kind of grown them up from three, four, and five, you've kind of then already gotten the parents on board. You got the community on board. So it makes a logical sense that you then, you know, you, you become your own pipeline as opposed to starting and then potentially having to do that work of not convincing, but I think you know what I mean. You know, it, it, you, you've already gotten them, they drank the Kool-Aid already, and then they might not have to, cons you know, then you, then you make those year by year assessments, but growing them up first is going to be a, a my input of a creating that stronger play-based, play-oriented pipeline for early elementary school. Right. And I, in the beginning, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I had always assumed like there's a, a hard break. Um, and I'm actually a, a Keisha Reed groupie. And, and hearing her speaking about her center and that's it. It's like, oh, and then we go up to like the younger elementary. I was like, wait, 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 this is, you can do that? Like that's a possibility. So um, that's kind of what we're, we're just kind of, uh, Pennsylvania gets very confusing with their requirements. Um, it's very hard to find out what exactly their requirements are. Like, you know, one link takes you to another link, it takes you to another link, but no one actually tells you what exactly you need. Um, that could be an advantage. <laughs> could be. With my luck, it would probably bite me. <laughs> like, well, you should have done this. Um, One but thing you can do is possibly reach out to the licensor of your other facility, get her name. So I'm sure it's somewhere, it's got to be posted somewhere in the center and there ask her. None. I'm sorry? There was none. It was attached to a church, so they didn't have to You're do exempt. anything. They You're were exempt, exempt from everything because that was my first thought I was like oh well how do you know like just like I said like oh well, like find who like looks into them to find out there's no one no one is looking at them which explained a lot but you know it was yeah but you can get your hands on the Pennsylvania child care regs and and go through and do a review of that that's all online then you can see what the expectations are for a child care center in the state of Pennsylvania well, and then you can be like all right, is Lisa, you'd, you'd like to think that, but uh, for the last two cool. years, I've been trying to maintain a, links to the state regulations on the Playvolution HQ website, and states or states are crappy at this. It's almost as if they're building this uh, this barrier to entry for for starting new programs. Uh, I, I constantly have links go dead because they'll revise their policies instead of instead of placing the document at the at the place where the old PDF lived. They they create a they create a new link and and they don't they don't do any redirection the way anybody that runs runs any kind of basic. Then website I would will so do. use that to my advantage. Like here is the paper trail of all of the times I attempted to do my due diligence and do this the way that you wanted to do. Here are the walls that I fit. So I use my however many years of, of experience, this many years of training. And I started a program that I felt was aligned with developmentally appropriate practice and what we know the research says about the importance of play. So come shut me down. And, and then they do. And then Carol wasted six months of her life. And <laughs> well, and you know what I'm saying? Dollars. I'm just trying yeah, to be yeah, snarky, but you know, but I mean, I, I think there's room for some of that potential pushback, right? If you're not making it easy for us to figure out how to do it the right way, then, you know, pff, on you 
for getting mad at me for not doing it the right way. It's let not me, like you made it user friendly. Let me do a public service announcement. Uh, hey, listener. If you happen to be in the state of Pennsylvania and uh, and and have any information about starting a program in the state of Pennsylvania, get a hold of me and I'll forward that information to Carol and make that connection. Thank you, listener in Pennsylvania. I know we've got at least two or three listeners in Pennsylvania, um, so so maybe that'll be helpful. So, how much business experience do you guys have? That's a problem. And and that, I think, is what early learning people struggle with. We, we, we have experience with the kids and the early learning, but the, the businessy side of things is, is always a struggle. So um, somebody I, I think you should reach out to is uh, Kristen Peterson, uh, Learning Wild on Instagram, I think it is, um, and talk to her because um, she went about this and she found herself in, I mean, you can go back to an episode of the show where we talked about it. She found herself miserable in a program and decided to start her own. And she found a, a church that had building, they built space for childcare program, but never, never started one. And what, she, what Kristen did very well was bring in community resources uh, to build a board of, of kick-ass people that were going to be supportive of, of her vision. And so she spent a lot of time, she, she got to focus more on the, on the early learning childhood program side of things because she built this team that would be supportive of the business side of things. And so... Um, my advice would be make a list of your strengths and strengths and weaknesses, and then go out and, and hunt hard for those, those people that can, can fill in those, those weak spots. And, and who, uh, you know, who do you know, like Rolodex is the word I use because I'm old, but you know, who do we know in the community that has their feet in that pie who can be of service to us. There's no need for us to be the boss of absolutely everything. And then you ask them why they've got their feet in a pie because pies for eating. It feels good. Not <laughs> okay, that's no, a one, one of the things like um, we're having like kind of a hard time is because obviously we want to go into this, giving the kids everything they deserve. And we're in this spot where like, financially and time-wise like we really can't right now so like for me it's like an ethical thing like is it okay for us to start a preschool in a space that has no outdoor space like just to start mm -hmm. with every intention of moving up or is it a disservice and I need to find you know work my way up to the point where we can I've actually tossed around the idea of finding a space with no outdoor space and doing it more like a please touch museum where the parents would stay Mm -hmm. set it up like a classroom so to speak like a play experience like classroom sounds not exactly the way i would phrase it but like a play experience i said then we could educate parents while the kids are there playing you know that kind of gets us out of the school thing and then do we do it that way to save up enough to then open the all-out center because in a pennsylvania kind of outgrow something small like yeah. keep it small and then outgrow it and then but you also mentioned, Carol, and I see your hand, Deb, so hold on one second. But, but Carol, you, you had said that some people have already approached you. Are these people who would potentially be funders or startup funders or, or Kickstarters or, or something like that? Um, I have one potential funder, but she's not looking to fund the, the, the pre-K aspect of it. Um, she's looking uh, for something else that would happen. Like in our program would probably run in the morning because uh, we're not really looking to get into the daycare set, if that if that makes sense. Like we would start mornings only. She she'd like to fund an after school program um, for the older kids. 
which, but there's, there's grants tied to that. And, and I know too much about when money comes from someone that there's always strings. Right. Um, and a lot of people had said that they would absolutely recommend us to everybody they know, but like, I don't have a lot of business sense, but I know people saying that doesn't equate dollars to being full. Sure. Yeah. Deb. Well, unfortunately we're still living in the COVID world and that small business administration is knows that childcare is scarce. You might be in a desert area and they will give you loans for very small amount of interest. So you really don't really have to like, I'm not, I haven't gone. I just got a grant from them and they, I submitted all the paperwork that needed to be done. And they're like, here, here's $10,000. You don't have to pay it back. And there was like no strings attached. And I was like, okay, where do I have to spend it? How long do I have to spend it? What can I spend it on? And they said, there's no strings. And I was just kind of, okay. So you applied again under a second name and you got another $10,000. I didn't do that. I was honest, but there's there's that link for you at this particular time. That's, this that's a good point. There is, there is COVID like childcare oriented money out there, which leads me to my other bit of input, Carol, is is at some point you'll need to brainstorm if you want to do the for-profit route and the corporation route or a non-profit route, because there's pros and cons to both of, of that as well. Um, I also know that sometimes churches, to kind of go back to what Jeff was saying about Christian, is um, that they have empty space. And so maybe you might not be affiliated with the, you know, denomination, so to speak, but, you know, that's, that's empty space that they could potentially be making money on. They potentially aren't going to get involved in the philosophical orientation. And they often have, you know, grounds that you could be using and commandeering and using while you're there during the week. Well, along those lines, as we are, are still in COVID world, there are, I mean, there's a lot of commercial property that you can that probably are. get for a much better price than, than you would have uh, two and a half years ago. So that's exactly. the thing too. I, I, I got a, I, I had a, a bit of information, an idea, a thought uh, pumped into my ear holes from a, from an audio book I'm listening to about the, about the digging of the Panama Canal uh, um, of all things that I, I, I thought was going to be totally useless, but but, but I think it fits here. Uh, one of the engineers um, had been had been trained by one of his mentors. Uh, the idea, the guy said, uh, if I had if I had five minutes to solve a problem, I would use the first three figuring out how to do it. And it's all about the importance of, of planning before you jump into action. And so I think one of the one of the big things you do is you get really firm at the very beginning. You got to do the business side of things, but about what what your program is going to be, what that philosophy is going to be, what that mission is going to be. Let and that then guy from, from the very beginning, you build your policies and procedures around around those things even when it is when it's you and your 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 besties starting this program or your semi besties or whatever they are um even even when it's just a small handful of tight tightly knit, knit people um if you have that foundation built have that plan then implementation gets gets a lot easier than than just trying to figure out uh figure it out as you go decision-making gets easier because you come back to your guardrail, you come back to your values, your goals, your mission, your objectives. This is what we're choosing to not deviate from. So then it becomes a no-brainer inside, outside, upstairs, downstairs, rural, inner, it doesn't like, like though that the framework of your philosophy 
is going to guide. I think that assists in not having so many emotionally driven decisions. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, and if you if you get that right at the beginning, and you start out as a couple hours a, a day, even a couple days a week preschool program, and you expand, so you start that after school program in two or three years, you've got that solid foundation of what you believe that guides what the program looks like from then on, and it it, it really does make it a a lot easier for you to to stay to stay on mission because another thing that happens a lot of times is, is programs will, will drift because they don't have that anchor of, of mission and philosophy. Or somebody throws $3,000 at you and you think that's a carrot you need to follow. And now you realize not only are you no longer on the path that guides you, but you've jumped over the rail just to keep the metaphor going. And you're completely, you've more than drifted at that juncture. And then I think we start compromising and you know, for what? you know, a new bookshelf? Yeah, I think our, um, and, and talking to them, I think they're kind of wondering the same thing too. But my biggest holdup again is like, cause like we kind of know, well, we really know exactly how we want to run it. We really know like what our philosophy is. We know that it will be truly play-based, child-led. It won't, there will be no themes and there will be like, we, we, we know what we want, but I think, it really like back to that, the outside space is what I get caught up on because that's such a big part of our philosophy. So I'm so like, that's not the right space. Yeah. So I'm like, so then I guess we, we wait until we can get that space and we've been creeping on churches. Like so, <laughs> someone's going to think we're looking for Jesus or something. Cause we're all any church. We're like, yeah. oh, do they have a space here. Do they have any outside space? Can we put a slide there. Do you mind if I put some tires in your yard? You know, that kind of thing. Carol, have you, I think have when you, you put it out there that you're not willing to compromise, we have a very short, we don't, you know, because the other thing I'm going to add to this and at, at the risk of sounding like we're like tossing way more at not only you, but our participants tonight and everybody else who's listening is, is there, you, you do need to be clear in your goals and your objectives. Also though, if you overthink everything, like, like you don't, you, I'm giving you permission to not overthink it all. If you know that XYZ, ABC are your non-compromisables and somebody says, oh my gosh, we've got this great space. It might be a great space, but if it requires you to compromise, you don't need to spend time weighing the option. You know, it's like, nope, sorry. Nope, sorry. Like take that emotional piece out of it. Allow it to be a little bit more black and white, which I know sometimes is what we tell people to avoid. But I think in starting out, you don't want to start out of a at at a at, at with wishy washy footing. Carol, not too long ago, uh, Sam and I recorded an episode. Uh, uh, we talked talked about rock and roll childcare because uh, she ran into a a a program that was on, they're on the East Coast someplace that is opening rock and roll themed childcare programs. Is what they're Why? what they're. Well, I mean, look, it's not exactly what I thought because I thought I thought it was going to be like uh, you'd have like the rockabilly toddler room and and staff would dress like Elvis or something. But it was it was just more of a, a music themed uh, program. So, Carol, what you need to do is you need to find a really cool theme and, and make that your, make thing. And so I'm thinking I'm thinking steampunk steampunk preschool and you get the you'd have to have goggles and and steampunk stuff how about it 
I don't know. Or maybe we'll do coal miners, you know. I was going to say, you got to know your audience. Like yeah, come on, man. <laughs> okay. Black. Um, just covered. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, um, okay, that, that could be a thing, but, but think steampunk or, or anime. And uh, all the staff would walk around with their their weird anime hair and that kind of stuff, and they make they make anime faces and and no um, again keeping our eyes off of our spot. But that could I become your spot. Be, what a good theme could become your spot. Um, no, because um, then everybody no no I'm going to say no because then everybody becomes overly focused on the theme as opposed to the relationships and the caring and the connection piece. What about robots? That'd be a no. great theme. The robot theme. No. And then, and then no. you, you would you would have a no. robot costume you'd wear to work no. every day. Dinosaurs. We can all wear those inflatable dinosaur. I'm okay. Costumes. I'm down with that. Or sumo wrestling, and you get those inflatable sumo sumo things. Um, okay, so maybe the theme becomes play. Maybe you were right. Maybe I I had a bad idea. Um, was it that it was a bad idea? Well, you. <laughs> Well, I mean, you it's shot it down it, pretty it was quick. It's not aligned with what our stated values, mission goals, and objectives are. Oh, well, maybe we're, Carol we're trying happens to, to be into. In. Maybe Carol happens to be really into rockabilly steampunk, and uh, and that becomes the theme. Maybe. Well, then she can dress like that while she's doing her job as a play-based okay. facilitator. Anybody else have any thoughts, or comments, or concerns, or ideas, or suggestions for Carol? Don't overthink it, but yet think about it. There you go. Sleep on that. Is it yeah, scary? Lisa was correct. Lisa was correct on getting things aligned because I had a center in a church, and then and we weren't affiliated with the church, but a lot like when a few people would call and realize I was in a church and like, oh, I don't want my kids in church, and they just hang up. I'm like, well, I'm not affiliated with the church, but then the church, some churches do, they kind of fall apart. And they were getting rid of the pastor and my contract was with the pastor. And they were like, well, since that pastor's gone, you're going to go too, or we're going to rewrite the contract. So then I was already paying rent. And then there was a notice on the wall about water being shut off because they didn't pay the water bill. Oh. So I'm like, well, now I got to pay the water bill because I need to flush toilets. So it just kept building and until when they got rid of the pastor, then I wasn't willing to rewrite the contract. And um, so I tried to find a different building, but I couldn't house the 77 kids that I had. So I chose to shut it all down and I went back to a family home. So, but to have those, that contract straight and then maybe add in what happens if, you know, it needs to be with the church versus the pastor. Kind of thing even though i had it with the church they still the deacons came down there was drama but you could have no phone in that building and then you could have been the pastor right sister sister debbie's child care and uh spiritual house um that'd be a theme for <laughs> well, and you do need i mean and this is lisa murphy's like i was a an attorney in a past life brain but you you do need to have a team like a, of advisors you do need to have a, a a lawyer you need to have an accountant right otherwise you you know we we mess things up 
just because we we're filled with love, but don't know what a spreadsheet is. And, and that's not a diss. I mean, I got my master's and took those first initial business administration classes. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what we did wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wish I had known this then. Um, you know, and so hindsight 2020 there, there, there's really, there's, there's no shame in delegating. Of course, ideally you'd want somebody who isn't so overly, who still realizes the humanness of the fact that we're running a business, right? This, this is a different kind of business. Um, but we still need that business focus yet the person who's willing to have the, the caring connection, early childhood conversation about how to still make best business choices. And along those lines, if you're going to be really, truly play-based, you need to start hunting for an insurance carrier that specializes on, on insuring childcare programs so that you make sure if you're letting kids climb and, and do quote unquote risky stuff that you've got a policy that, that covers your back because a lot of, a lot of blanket programs or insurance policies, they, they don't, they don't cover things the way that you might need them to be in the kind of program you're, you're maybe thinking of. And so that's, that's something to think about uh, early and often because uh, that just takes the, that takes the pressure off of, of, off of you when you're, when you're trying to run that play program where kids get to take risks and, and have adventures and that kind of thing. This could be a four-part series, right? Because oh, I'm thinking about like how to talk about, how to talk to parents, how to run your initial orientation, how to conduct a tour, you know, the language to use, you know, how to, you know, do the contracts and the policies and all of that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. another another listener to reach out to is is our buddy uh, uh, Tiffany out in uh, in the Oregon. She started a program from scratch and is apparently looking at doing some other changes. She just uh, she just had a, a baby human being. Welcome to the world, <laughs> baby human being, uh, who is who is very uh, very cute. But uh, Tiffany would be a good resource, and her and Kristen are buddies too, and uh, so the two of them would be good. And uh, and hey, other listeners that even aren't in uh, Pennsylvania, you got any thoughts about opening a program uh adventures and opening a program love to hear Who's about Jones? them Reach you know like why why should anybody wanting to do this fall in the same hole you know what i'm saying like sure. like if there's a way for us to assist them in in avoiding the hole then um i i think that's a very valuable sharing and networking opportunity for everybody yeah. I mean, marketing, it's uh, word of mouth, I think, is what ends up being the most successful things for most programs I know about. Um, you know, maybe Google ads would be a good idea, but I, I don't think that's where people find. And navigating find the social childcare. media piece of having a center and a program nowadays, too, is something that I know back in my time, you know, we, we didn't really have to. Well, it's not that we didn't worry about it. It's just that, you know, a Yelp review didn't exist when I did family childcare, <laughs> you know, and you know, that's, that's, I don't know. I would imagine that that could be a Royal pain in the butt these days. Are, are you scared, nervous, excited? All of those um, pretty much. Um, and for me, I think it's the weight of wanting to do it right. Mm -hmm. Like I, that, that kind of is what keeps me up at night. Like this needs to be done justice to like if I screw this up mm. you know like I just feel like play base is not something that's really talked about in my area it's still very much kids doing worksheets and well look they they could read at the age of three kind of nonsense 
that, you know, if, if it doesn't float, I kind of feel that weight of, I don't want to give anybody a reason to look and say, see, it doesn't work. Kind of. So and that, that's a whole conversation right there. Conversation. And don't, don't let that paralyze you because no. look, you're, you're young. You look like you're 15, 20. Um, so you're, you're, Not you're just, a, you're, 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 you're young. Lisa and I are old. Um, Lisa, you ever made any mistakes? Never, not one ever. And I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I've made tons of them and, and you live through them and then you learn from them and then you, you make adjustments. And so um, if you go into it with the, the mindset that I want to get it right, but I know it's not going to be perfect and we're going to have to adjust as we, as we go, but we're going to go. That's... Hold on. I got to interrupt. So philosophically right is different than procedures, manuals, Right. Right. So philosophically, we know that our North Star is, quote unquote, right. Are we going to deviate? Are we going to drift? Are we going to shift? Are we going to have to make some potential reasonable accommodations? Of course. But we don't lose sight of that star. And the the other thing I'm going to I'm going to interrupt and say is typically in August, I'm going to get a little wordy here. Typically in August, I would do a lot of workshops that, that kind of, I was a piece of that week of that getting back to school time. And, and I would come in and I would, I would half jokingly, but half kind of being like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, how many of you have spent every waking minute here the last four days trying to get the, the room right, to get the room right? And I'm like, look at all of the energy. I'm like, set it out, set it out correctly. We got this area, we got the blocks, we got the, you know, we got all the bones that need to be here and then relax and let the children show you how those adjustments need to happen, right? But if you've invested 80, 90, 100 hours on setting this room up, then when those children first come in, you're going to be a little bit more hesitant to make midstream adjustments because you're like, by golly, I was here a hundred weeks last. This is where the book area is staying. Whereas, and I'm, I'm going to say essentially the same thing is, you know, you set it up right and then you take a breath and you open the door and you know, you're philosophically sound. And then you will let the community show you where some of those adjustments might need to be. And the second thing I'm going to say is that you do not need to over explain it. Do not make that error out the gate. This is what we do here. Come let me take you on a tour. If you have any questions about anything that you see, please let me know. And we kind of hang out. Maybe you have multiple rooms. Maybe you have one room. Maybe they're hanging out in one room with all the children mixed ages, and then you go outside. But you let them potentially show you what you need to say, as opposed to over explaining everything because you already know that you're perhaps a little bit different. Let them actually show you that they notice. Don't make the mistake of assuming that just because you're different, people are going to think that you're doing it wrong or inappropriately. I will shut up now. Because there's there's that population out there, they're going to find that you're exactly what they were looking for, but they didn't know what that looked like. Yes. I, I, I would advise that you uh, you you 
look and internalize Gray's five conditions of play and that you approach this whole process of building the program as a play experience. Um, I think if you bring that playful mindset to the building of the program, it, it kind of kind of impacts your 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 mood, your outlook look through going through through the process and that kind of influences the kind of program you build. Make it a, make it a joyful experience. Right? And 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 like I had a dad when I first left center-based teaching and started my first family childcare, I ran into one of the parents of one of the kids that was in my class in the grocery store. And he was like, "Hey, so I heard you left and started your own thing." And he was a big business guy in San Diego. He owned like three restaurants and whatever. And he's like, all right, we're stuck here in the in the aisle. I'm going to give you three minutes to convince me that I should pull my kid out of this program and bring him to you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not in the business of convincing anybody of anything. This is the program I offer. If you want to come and see it, knock your bad self out. But I'm not justifying it. I'm not explaining it. This is what we know it needs to look like. You either choose to be a part of it or not. And with all due respect, I'm not losing sleep if you don't come, nor am I going to be going begging you in order to get your kid to come here. There has to be that fit. I'm not going to modify what I say I'm doing here in order to get you to enroll. And nor do I expect you as a parent to potentially compromise something that you hold near and dear to your heart just because I have an opening, right? So we want it to be a goodness of fit to the best extent possible from day one. And then, and then right there in the grocery store, uh, a single tear rolled down his cheek and he said, I'll be in Monday. <laughs> and he walked no, off he never, with his, no, he never, he never gave up. no, cause he was like, after that rant, he was like, man, she's crazy. And, uh, and off he went. <laughs> or perhaps, perhaps he was like, you know what? Um, this is somebody who knows what they're doing and maybe I just need to leave it leave it alone. By the time he would have come around, I was full anyway. So there we go. <laughs> and then he cried the single. Yeah. Tea. Then, then he get, then you got that tear. Um, <laughs> anybody got any final things they want to throw in here before we wrap her up? The Thanks last thought I have tonight, Carol, you're going to have to, you're going to have to start looking right now for a giant coffee mug with your logo on it for your new program. That's going to be, that's going to be, a, that's going to be part of the marketing. That's going to be an important thing. Um, I mean, t-shirts and stuff will be great, but giant coffee mugs for, for all the staff for their coffee, <coughs> coffee, yeah, <coughs> for <coughs> beverage of choice. This has been the child care bar and grill podcast back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks everybody. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.